0: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meter maid, nothing can
1: come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. Well, it is stunning. I thought I was hearing things when I heard that they were moving migrants. These are the illegal migrants who have come into New York. And of all places, they're putting them in school gyms. And also, some of the schools are very young ages, anywhere from pre K all the way up to high school. Does it sound like you would think that you would put migrants? In school gyms next to school children. These are functioning schools, and the gyms are locations where the city has decided to put up all these illegal migrants who have been coming to the Big Apple. And what a crazy location. Find somewhere else. Why would you ever put them in school gyms? And this is coming as just as we're seeing. Thousands upon thousands, not only coming to New York, but literally all over the country. And parents are up in arms over this. Take a listen. Here is a New York City parent who says this is
2: not the right location. We should help, but this is not the right place. Put them in the Javits Center. Put them in the armory. Put
1: them in the Javits Center. Put them somewhere else. Why would you put them next to school kids? especially when most of the migrants are adult males. And the city is saying tonight that they're planning on having police officers next to the migrants. So essentially, there'll be a barrier, if you will, or oversight, so they say, with the school official. But that is downright crazy. In just a moment, we are going to have the great congresswoman from the state of New York, Nicole Malliotakis, getting her thoughts on this move The fact that they are putting migrants in gyms, they are also displacing veterans for migrants in Orange County. That is crazy, too. My goodness, what the heck is going on? And in the middle of all this, we also have still that wide open southern border. There was a guy who was on the terror list from Afghanistan the other day apprehended. This is crazy. Listen, here
2: is Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Before they were sacrificing children's education and their safety in New York City at the behest of these illegals, they were pushing our homeless veterans out to make room for these illegals that have been shipped in, bust in. But you've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And as a sanctuary city, New York has made their bed. They now have to contend with the fact that they have between 750 to 1,500 illegals coming to their city every single day. Not only that but 65 percent of the illegals that they are housing and taking care of are on the public dole that means their food their housing their health care and beyond and it is all mm. at the expense of our kids and our veterans
1: how could they kick out veterans out of a hotel and put in illegal immigrants instead by the way in New York City alone, 4,200 came last week. 15 more bus loads are expected of migrants coming this weekend. So far, 65,000 in New York City alone at a price tab to taxpayers of over $5 million dollars a day this is insane what are your thoughts everybody 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 and you are listening to the rita cosby show and let's bring in the great congresswoman from new york nicole maliotakis uh, congresswoman what is your reaction that they would place migrants in school gyms in new york city of all places your thoughts
3: Well, hey, Rita, it's uh, obviously very frustrating. It's outrageous. And I think what bothers uh, me and so many others the most is that it's completely preventable. Um, First of all, the mayor decided to misinterpret the right to shelter law. New York City's right to shelter law from 1979 is a court decree that was meant to house homeless New Yorkers. It was not meant to house uh, citizens of other countries. By the mayor's interpretation of this law, if all six million individuals who have crossed into our country came to New York City, New York City would have the responsibility to house them. If all eight billion people on the planet came to New York City, New York City would have a responsibility to house them. It it is is ridiculous that the mayor continues to insist that he needs to be doing this. And I've said repeatedly to... uh, you know, on, in the media, but I, I specifically told the governor last week as well that it's time for the mayor and the governor together to not just challenge this right to shelter law, it should have been challenged a long time ago, but to start pushing back on the president who single handedly created this crisis when he came in on day one and issued executive orders that repealed the policies that were in place under the previous administration. It was stemming the flow. Uh, he stopped construction as well of all the barriers uh, and and he took away the tools from our customs and border patrol agents. The president has essentially turned over our border to the drug cartels who are profiting thirteen billion dollars a year um, and they are they are trafficking humans they are trafficking drugs. Uh, we know that in new york city fentanyl and and drug overdoses have Significantly increased. It was 26% increase in the president's first year alone, and it is because of this open border policy. And so, what I would say is, um, New Yorkers have to continue to put pressure on the city officials, on uh, the U.S. senator, by the way, because the House of Representatives we passed a bill last week, Rita, that would secure our border, that would rescind these policies. Um, it would do exactly what the Customs and Border Patrol agents are telling us they need to be able to do the job. Okay, Uh, and the Senate, Chuck Schumer, who is in charge of the Senate, hasn't brought any bill to the floor for a vote. And the only solution I hear is that the city wants more money. Uh, New York City Councilman Justin Brannon, who is the finance chair, he happens to be the council member in the Bay Ridge portion of the district I represent. uh, He's he's demanding more money from the federal government to continue this, to to add more shelters, to turn more hotels and schools into shelters and, and parks into tent cities. It's outrageous that nobody's interested in actually stopping the problem where it started, which is the southern border.
1: You know, Congresswoman, you hit it on the head because you're right. It's like they continue to say we need more money, but they're not saying close the border. And in fact, Governor Hochul came out and said, quote, we're at a breaking point. But she's not saying uh, let's send them back. She's not saying. You know, can you imagine how powerful it would be if we had Democratic leaders that would actually put pressure on President Biden and literally say, you need to close the border and you and Mallorca's need to be honest with the American public of how dangerous this is, as opposed to we need more money to find more locations.
3: Yeah, well, that, that's their solution to everything, right? It's just it's it's we want they want more money to allow this to problem to continue instead of saying You know what? The the right to shelter law is not intended for individuals who strolled over our border last week and also that the president uh, needs to secure the border or Chuck Schumer. Look, if you don't like our bill that we passed in the House, um, then pass your own bill and let's reconcile. Let's see where we can come to an agreement here. I do believe there should be a bipartisan agreement on how to deal with this, but it has to start. With securing the border, we could talk about work visas and and employer-sponsored visas and certainly family-sponsored visas, increasing those uh, to make sure that we know who is coming in and out of our country and that they're coming um, safely and appropriately uh, in accordance to our law, adding immigration judges to hear these cases differentiate between legitimate asylum seekers and those who are not, because two-thirds, by the way, of those who have come to court this past year were not even eligible for asylum. And they're clogging up the system. They're creating a tremendous backlog for those legitimate asylum seekers, people who are truly uh, coming here, trying to escape political uh, persecution or uh, government oppression. And they're getting stuck in this backlog now. In New York City, the court date is till 2023, to 2033. You can't even get a court date for the next decade. And so it it is unsustainable. It is dangerous. And I mentioned the fentanyl earlier, but again, the the individuals who are on the suspect uh, terror terror suspect list that the FBI keeps, uh, keeps increasing that number. Those attempts of of wanting to enter our country, thankfully, we see many getting caught, but the point is, is that 1.2 million gotaways that have made it into the interior, that CBP or the government don't know who they are, what their intentions are, or where they are at this current moment. Uh, who's among that group? This is no way to keep a nation safe. And really, the president, uh, he, he really should be removed because of this. Uh, Mayorkas should certainly be fired or removed. And that's, I think, where this is going to be headed, um, unless we see any, any significant changes, which we're not hopeful about at this point because he has stopped, by the way, every attempt that Republicans have tried to uh, fix this and provide solutions and even lawsuits. If there's a lawsuit, he is challenging it, right? He appeals it. Just the other day, a Florida suit saying that New York City can't continue to release, I mean, not New York City, the, the Southern border, they can't continue to release people in the interior of the country without a court date Okay. Um, And and they have, and uh, without knowing where they're going. And yet the president is appealing that because he wants to continue to not just release people in the interior, but to totally just release them and not even know where they are or make sure that they're returning for a future court date.
1: Yeah, it is astounding when I saw that they're appealing that. I mean, that is like, that's not, and to your point also, Congresswoman, even when they get the date, 99% of the time they never show up, but they don't even want to give them a court date. They just want to say, hey, here you go, come into America. How, um, as you talk about, how dangerous is this on so many levels, Um, and also economically, we are drained. I mean, you know, we're at a tipping point. You think about, um, you know, we're talking about homeless veterans getting kicked out of the hotel that was in Orange County uh, to be replaced by migrants. I mean, to me, that is just, it is heartbreaking. I think about the kind of money, $5 million a day, which is like the minimum that it looks like New York City is paying alone for migrants. Think about all the money that could go to resources in New York as opposed to just the drain on the system. And and the mayor says, oh, we're at a breaking point, uh, but I'm not hearing any change to Sanctuary City.
3: Yeah, so the the mayor um, is not... See, the sanctuary policy of New York City, so people understand what that actually means, uh, basically, Mayor de Blasio took it so far. It's not the policy that was in place when uh, Giuliani was there, when Bloomberg was there, when Ed Koch was there. He took it to another level, which meant... If you are arrested for a crime, uh, NYPD will not co- cooperate with federal authorities to have you deported. Okay. If if there is a detainer request for your arrest, NYPD cannot cooperate to have you deported. They also kicked um, deportation officials out of Rikers Island. Okay. So they, no longer is there that cooperation between local and federal authorities. I met with ICE recently, and remember this is ICE under Biden's administration, so there's very few times that they're actually asking for detainer requests. Maybe there's a you know a few hundred detainer requests a year, and the city has not cooperated with any of them. and if the Biden administration is requesting removal, uh, it has to be something really bad, okay? This person has committed murder. Or, or rape in, a, in, a, in, a, in their home country Or it's got to be something pretty big For the Biden administration to come with a deportation uh, request So it's, outstanding. it's It's just it's just mind-boggling that the the mayor and the city continue to do this and, and protect and shield these individuals from deportation If they commit a crime in our own country um, In terms of the cost Well, let's talk about the terror, terrorist uh, watch list We're in a post-9-11 world here You know, and and it's 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 mind boggling to me that any elected official would um, have this type of policy in place, open border policy like our president would and not be extra diligent, particularly knowing what happened in Afghanistan last summer. Okay, when when there were thousands of terrorists released from Bagram Air Base jail, where are they now? Many of them are we don't know where they are. They're, They're 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 they've just disappeared uh, and we don't have an idea of where they are. That coupled with the southern border should be very concerning to Americans. Um, but in terms of the cost, yeah, you, the city just announced, the mayor just announced recently that he was going to cut health care for retirees, okay? The health care benefits that retirees receive are being diminished because of cost. And there's a 10% across the board cut of city services that he's proposing as well. And you're hurting, look, just things like this, like schools, right, where children need to have physical activity, particularly after they were so isolated uh, and obesity became such an issue during the COVID pandemic in the two years that our schools were shut down, to take this important physical education, that socialization away from our young people is wrong. So there's a lot of, lot of things that are wrong with this. The, the, the thing is we have a solution. And again, that is the frustrating part of this. The mayor should be challenging the right to shelter law, stop the misinterpreting it. Um, it was never meant to house individuals uh, who are from other countries, while our own homeless, by the way, are still, are still um, sleeping on the streets, right? Uh, and in addition to that, um, the, the put pressure on this president To do the right thing here and secure the border and put pressure on Senator Schumer to pass a border security bill. If you don't like the House bill that we passed last week, pass your own bill, but do something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We cannot continue in this fashion. Well, Congresswoman Nicole Malletakis, thank you so much for joining us. You got to come back on again soon. And thanks for all you do to fight and keep us safe, uh, not just New York, but around the country. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. And everybody, when we come back, we're going to take your calls. Uh, It is unbelievable, as you just heard from the Congresswoman, uh, discussions about cutting health care costs for retirees, uh, services for retirees. I mean, cuts because the city cannot just handle paying suddenly $5 million basically a day for migrants. And now the overflow is so bad. Uh, They're sending them to other communities, and they're putting them in school gyms, including for elementary and pre-K. I mean, to me, this is insane. You just heard, you know, go to the Javits Center, send them somewhere. Uh, Why would you put them next to school gyms? Uh, The Democrats have to get off their butts and start putting pressure on the president, as the Congresswoman so eloquently said. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, parents are protesting, especially those in Brooklyn today. They are very upset that migrants, the illegal migrants, and many of them adult males, are being placed in gyms that are part of schools. So not only are they close to school children, uh, there are lots of issues. The kids can't use the gym. I mean, there are so many issues here. Listen to what one of the moms had to say a little bit ago on the protest
3: line. Yes, it was very hurtful. Um, Parents was outraged. We just feel that there wasn't enough time, enough notice. Um, For parents, as you stated, Friday morning when they came to school is when they found out. And then Saturday night, they were there.
1: And in one school in Brooklyn, about a third of the students were taken out today Because parents were so furious that suddenly migrants were placed in the gym. Again, as you just heard, without notice. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, uh, line 7. Tony, your thoughts. Oh my
4: goodness, I'm fuming tonight, Rita. So now, illegal aliens are being put right beside our little ones, our minors, and The mayor seems to think that this is not a pedophilia uh, exposure. Both him and Governor Hochul should be put up on charges to our uh, judicial committee for endangering minors in our city. That's a criminal offense. And we need to get all the truckers to come out to New York to get those illegals and send them right uh, right to the White House. Where they can all be seen, because you know the White House has had shanty towns throughout different periods of our history. That's what needs to happen. We need to get our truckers going.
1: You know what? That's a great point, and I'd love to see some more <laughs> dropped off at the um, what is it? The Naval Observatory, also. You know, that's right, the Kamala's other one. House. That's where that's Kamala Harris's, the vice president's. Uh, you're right, uh, because you know, how about you know what? All I think about Tony too is also. Uh, when, remember when they were dropped off in Nantucket? Oh, God forbid, right? Remember, it was like, oh, we can't have them there. And they kicked them out after like 24 hours out of Nantucket. So you're right, the whole swarm of them. There's plenty of room on the White House lawn. We're going to continue your calls after the break.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back
1: the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby show, a powerful story coming from Longview, Texas, where a police officer was honored at a recent city council meeting for saving a child's life. Officers were assisting a resident in the police department parking lot when another driver quickly pulled in. The driver jumped out and ran to the officers. Her two-week-old grandchild was unresponsive. Officers immediately requested EMS to respond to the location, and a lieutenant heard the radio transmission from inside the police building and rushed to the parking lot. That lieutenant determined the child was not breathing and immediately removed the child from the vehicle. The city says that that lieutenant began administering CPR to the child, and after a short time, the child gasped and thankfully began breathing again. The city said approximately three minutes elapsed between officers calling for EMS and the child beginning to breathe again. EMS arrived shortly after the baby was resuscitated and was transported to a local hospital. The child was later released from the hospital and is said to be doing great. And the lieutenant's swift and decisive actions absolutely helped to save that child's life. What a great, great story and a beautiful story about the incredible work of our men and women in blue. Well, there is word from New York City tonight that the police will be used to kind of keep an eye on the migrants as they will now be placed in gyms of schools. I I can't believe this. Of all the places, New York City, there are a lot of spots in New York City Uh, But I wouldn't put them in school gyms. I wouldn't put them anywhere near school kids, period. I think it is extremely dangerous for so many different reasons. Uh, Security reasons, health reasons. There's a lot of reasons. We haven't vetted these people. We don't know who they are. They haven't been cleared. They haven't been searched. We don't know their criminal history. We don't know their health history. There are so many issues. And parents, in particularly in one school district in Brooklyn, are furious Take a listen. There was a big protest, and this is what one of the parents had to say about the idea of now, guess what, migrants and their school's gym.
2: We're not going to accept
3: this, because if we start accepting this, this is going to go to other schools. And I heard that more schools are going to get affected by this. I say, why being brought here to the schools? Why can't it be elsewhere, like Industrial City? Like uh, I heard in parks uh, down there in other neighborhoods where they don't have. We've been overly packed here with immigrants and I understand both points and stuff like that. I'm talking as a Hispanic here, so I'm not um, discriminating anybody. But it comes to the point that we need to get together and fight, not only as taxpayers, but as human beings, as our uh, parents, uh, community um, advocates for our kids. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is unbelievable. If my child was going to a school and they said, guess what? We're going to be bringing in about 100 male migrants. We have no idea if they have uh, murder or who knows what in their records they haven't been checked for, like, health issues or anything else. But they're going to be taking over your kid's gym. Don't worry if little Susie or Johnny can't play gym today. And don't worry about those migrants over there that haven't been vetted. I would say, heck, I'm pulling my kid out of that school. There is no way. This is the definition of insanity. I thought this whole process has been crazy enough, and it just got kooky. And here is Congresswoman Kat Kamek. And what she had to say about this new move to put kids basically in danger with migrants right next door.
2: When you look at last Congress, H.R. 1, the For the Politicians Act, that was Nancy Pelosi's signature piece of legislation that would have not only nationalized our elections, but would have allowed non-citizens to vote. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take a genius to to put two and two together here, where you have non-citizens being allowed to vote, and then you have an open border. It seems to me that the left will do anything to win an election, even at the expense of national security, certainly at the expense of our kids.
1: And here's a little bit more of what she had to say. If you thought it was kind of crazy, first of a, of them being in a school gym, again, for like pre-cool, preschool, uh, pre-K rather, and elementary all the way up to high school. But can you imagine elementary kids and you got a bunch of adult male migrants? I'm sorry. That is that is one scary formula for disaster. And Congresswoman Kat Kamek also brings up another place where they're going to
2: put migrants in new york they are actually using one of the former training academies for the nypd to house these folks but it gets better they still have an active range where they do target practice that is in use that is also housing illegals do, does anyone see a problem with this i mean this is absurd i, I feel like i'm taking crazy pills that is the most Unbelievable thing. All right. So they're putting them in an NYPD
1: facility where they have an active shooter range, where there are people who are using guns, obviously shooting, doing training with weapons. And we're going to put a bunch of illegal migrants who have not been vetted and we're going to put them at the range. That's really great. And what are we going to bring them to the school right afterwards too? I mean, this is just, this is unbelievable. This is insane. And so earlier today, we were talking to Frank Carone. He is the former chief of staff of Mayor Eric Adams. And my co-host on and Cosby, the great John Katzenmatidis, had this suggestion to Frank Carone saying, why don't you put them on Rikers? That's the big prison area. Why don't you put them there? It would be cheaper. And at least you could contain them and keep an eye on them. Take a listen to this conversation.
5: We're renting all these big hotels over to put these migrants in. Why don't we take the take the uh, jail doors off? You can send 30,000 of them to Rikers Island. Take the jail doors off. Unless we promise the migrants a Rose Garden, we don't have to give them $700 a day rooms at hotels. Take the jail doors off at Rikers Island. You can give them brand new beds and house 30,000 of them there.
6: You know John, I think I heard you say before I came on uh, there has to be better ideas and of course there there
7: there, there will be and there can be. But oh, at yeah. the moment we're in a crisis.
1: Yeah, we're in a crisis. That's for sure, but the point is to bring them to school gyms? I mean, this is literally the definition of insanity one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Phil. Line three in the Bronx. Phil, your thoughts.
8: Hi, Rita. Good evening. Uh, you know, after hearing these congresswomen speak and, and other people, I, I, I'm I'm in shock. I'm a vet. And w- when I see homeless vets, homeless disabled vets, too, and homeless elderly sleeping on benches and sleeping on trains, that tears me apart. It rips me to pieces. What, what I don't understand is what is so much wonder with these illegals that they've gotta do every single thing for them and slap Americans who are really truly needy in the face. They're sending a hundred young men up to Orange County, I believe. My, my 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 point is that's an army. This is a Trojan horse, this whole thing. I'm a military guy. I know, I could smell it. This is a Trojan horse. All you need is for them to go out of their out of their, their accommodations go to a hardware store, steal a whole dozen or two of knives, and they could start cutting throats. It, 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 you don't know. They can't, maybe can't get guns, but they can get knives, and these people could be homicidal maniacs. The president of El Salvador got on the Internet, it was on uh, CNN, where he said that the murder rate dropped in El Salvador since all this, uh, this migration happened in the United States. It was at 6,700 over two years, and now he as he's bragging, it's down to zero. Why are we getting all the murderers here? And to put them in school, near school? You got to be crazy.
1: Yeah, this is this really is insane. I mean, Phil, the schools and and you just brought up also the active shooting range that Kat Kamik brought up. I mean, you can't make it up. Why would you ever put migrants First of all, by school children. And these are young school children. At first I thought, when I first heard it, Phil, I thought maybe these are closed schools. That maybe they're vacant schools for some reason and they're putting them because they've got a lot of property or whatever. No, no, no. And some of them are pre-K, pre-K elementary school kids. And you're going to put mostly male migrants uh, that just like you said, we have no idea of their criminal history and you can bet a lot of them. I'm sure there are criminals in that batch because when you have no vetting and you have no checking and they're leaving the country, uh, you know, I'm sure that there's some ne'er-do-wells in the crowd. Not all of them, but I'm sure there are some. I mean, this to me is so scary. If I'm a parent, I don't blame these parents for going just crazy and taking many. And at one school, they took out 100 kids. It was about a third of the school. Uh, because they said we just don't want to tolerate it. If you had a kid there, what would you do? Would you keep your kid in that school, Phil? What would you do, Phil? You know what my, my biggest fear is that
8: he's gonna just keep taking more and more of these people in and what's gonna happen on what's gonna happen June first? The city ain't making no no rent or taxes on these uh, uh hotels. They're they're putting the money in. They're right. going the other way. Right. And what happens what happens when the when the city When New York, God forbid, this city goes bankrupt, what's going to happen? Everybody's going to get cut. They're going to cut welfare. They're going to cut the food stamps. They're going to cut the police. They're going to cut the fire. What my biggest concern right now is we need at least a couple of thousand New Yorkers to go to these places where these people are and scream our brains out. Because if we don't, I'm telling you, this is the end, the end period of New York.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's amazing. Uh, Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis, I hope you heard at the beginning of the show, we had her on. And she was saying that already uh, the mayor in New York is talking about cutting some services for retirees by 10 percent because they're saying... You know, we can't handle it all. Well, where are the voters? I'd love to see one voter who raised their hands to say that they wanted to spend $5 million of taxpayer money to help migrants. And why aren't these Democrats putting enormous pressure on the president, not just about bringing money, but saying, close the border? What are you doing, Mr. President? I mean, they would look like heroes if they could finally stand up. Uh, But but to get us into a hole and say, oh, well, now we're going to have to cut services. I mean, that is insane. There will be such tension and such animosity and such, you know, problems. If people you're we already saw the result when they tried to kick out the veterans and sadly they did that Orange County Hotel. Can you imagine if they start, start cutting services and say, sorry, we've got to cut services because we have to give more free housing to migrant. Does that sound fair in any sense of the word, Phil, to you?
8: It's, it's ludicrous. It's completely ludicrous. And I'm shocked that these my fellow vets have to lose their home and go, go God knows where to be able to have a place to live. This is criminal. This is purely criminal. And I'm telling you, remember my words, it's going to come true. I could smell it on the horizon. These guys, these young guys, that they, they half the immigrants that come in here are young men. That's an army. That's a covert army, a quiet army, what they call a silent army. They could all flip out. Go look at the movie Red Dawn, and you'll understand exactly what the hell I'm talking about.
1: All right, Phil. thank you very, very much and and you're right, it is troubling that there's so many single men um, and now we're putting it in one place at an active shooting range. Uh, I mean, and then at a school kids gym elementary school, uh, this is nuts. really nuts. Let's go to Elena line eight. Elena, your thoughts. Good evening, Rita. I I, I can't believe this, Elena. I I am so angry as Phil is, and, and,
9: and I don't know how you feel, but I'm furious. Well, Rita, I've been looking, I've been watching, I've been feeling, and first we attacked the seniors, then they attacked the teachers, then they attacked the policemen. Now they're attacking. The military. We're becoming a feudal, economic feudal system for the government. We have to, citizens have to work and work and pay taxes to support this system. And eventually the master will take over all of us. Uh,
1: And when is it, when are we getting to that point, Elena? Because I'm telling Uh, you, this is a mess. I don't
9: know, but if the border is open, there is more and more people who will be able to be part of this feudal system.
2: Yeah, well,
1: I'm telling you, it is definitely changing the dynamics of this country. There is no doubt. And to me, you know, at first I thought, are they ignorant or is this intentional? And it clearly has to be intentional. Yes. Elena, because there's no yes. way somebody could be that stupid because you see yes. the pictures, you see the images and they continue to say the border is secure. No problem. And you see the tent cities that are now building up in the streets of El Paso. Looks like a third world country. I mean, it's it, it is really, really sad. Elena, thank you very much. Always great to hear from you. Um, let's go to Dave. Line seven in Comac. David, your thoughts.
10: Oh, yeah. I actually called my congressman this afternoon to complain about this uh, micro situation. I'm from Long Island. Bravo. And uh, all the message I got from the guy that answered the phone, and I'm talking about uh, Lolata, or I forget, or Lolita is the guy that does the... Uh, Nick
1: Lolota. Nick Lolota.
10: Right. Yep. Okay. Right. And it, it, he didn't. Have, he, this guy never answered the phone, but is this? I guess one of his, uh, what do you call it? Assistants A- or, or
1: Ains. A- yep. Yep. And what do they right. say?
10: Well, they say, "Oh, we'll give them the message." It says, "Well, what about uh, you know all these other things like the price gouging on new and used cars? What are you doing about that? What do you do?" One time, I called them. I says, "What are you doing about the high price of uh, real estate?" And
1: what, what do they what do they do, Dave? First, what did they say on the? They just said, "We'll call you back." Right? They well, just we'll took give, the message. We'll give
10: the congressman a message. Uh. Uh, and you know, I'm really sick of it. I, and I, you know, what's funny? I've dated uh, women that are undocumented Polish. And, but this is different. This is basically stupidity on steroids. And what I here's the solution to the problem.
1: Well, and by the way, Dave, I'm half Polish, so I know that you have really good taste in women. But go ahead. <laughs>
10: so <I'm laughs> Serbian also, but that's another story altogether. But but uh, the real su- uh, solution to the problem is. That the, and, and Lolita, or Lolata, I forget how you pronounce it. Lolota,
1: Lolota, Lolota yeah. Is a it's, a, it's a strange name, yeah. But, but he is a good guy. By the way, he's a former military guy. I had him on the show when he was running, and and we'll try to get him back on. And but I'll tell him that to he's to got happen? a reply to Dave from COMAC.
10: What needs to happen is they need to stand up and say to Governor Abbott, hey, listen, we don't have the room over here. you got to stop setting these people on by bus from Texas to New York, they're in your state, you deal with it. And that's part of the problem. Biden's the other part of the problem, but you know what? Somebody's got to stand up to Gregory Abbott and say enough is enough, stop it. Yeah, you know? and and
1: you know what? You know what's interesting? Um and Dave, you bring up a good point because um obviously uh New York is getting them bused to them. On the other hand, there's a lot of migrants who want to go to New York, by the way, too. So some of it is the Abbott buses, but other ones are migrants because guess what? They hear, oh, God, in New York, you get to stay in a hotel or you get a cell phone or you get this or you get food or you get that. And New York is a desirable place for them. So a lot of them are picking to go to New York. So a lot of it uh, would continue regardless of Abbott. The other reason I also, on the Abbott case, why should Texas have to, to have to consume it all? Obviously, they are geographically right there on the front lines with the border. Um, but why should Texas, I'm not saying they should come to New York. I'm saying that this administration needs to put on its big boy pants and start acting like they are a commander in chief. And start sending them back and protect the homeland. Because New York, I mean, you look, I, I just brought up El Paso. El Paso. It is amazing. I've looked at images of El Paso and I know some folks down there. They said it looks like a third world country. You see them sleeping on the streets. You see them tent cities all over the place. That's El Paso, Texas. So Texas is overrun because they're right on the front lines. And they felt for the longest time that nobody else in the country cared because they didn't have to see them. And now guess what? They're trying to make sure that the rest of the world tries to step up and do their part. So I think he's. I think his intention is good, even if it's creating a little bit of chaos. Uh, but I think really the big root of the problem is that New York is a sanctuary city, and it's no mistake that they're coming to L.A., they're coming to San Francisco, they're coming to New York City, they're coming to places where they know that they are protected and that they're welcome by the leadership. And now we are busting at the seams because guess what? The federal government doesn't want to pay a dime. And we've resorted to where we're putting them in schools and kicking out veterans. I mean, how does this make sense? It's not Abbott's fault. This is the Biden administration's fault. And Democrats need to step up and also hold them accountable. 1-800-848-9222.
0: The Rita Cosby Show.
1: By the way, coming up on the next hour on the Rita Cosby Show, John Katsimatidis and I uh, did an exclusive interview with Nikki Haley a couple hours ago, the presidential candidate, and she made some big news talking about Daniel Penny. That is the Marine who was on the subway who put Jordan Neely in a chokehold. And she is going to be joining us. We're going to be playing a little clip of that. Uh, to talk about what she thinks should happen to the Marine. She says he deserves a pardon from the governor and that he really is a hero. And I'm going to play part of that fascinating conversation that we had with Nikki Haley in the next hour and take your calls on what you think should happen to the Marine. He has now been charged, as we know, with manslaughter. And there are some who are calling for murder charges against him the funeral for Jordan Neely meantime happens on Friday and no surprise Al Sharpton will be delivering the eulogy Uh, and that will be an interesting interesting moment to hear what he has to say and how he basically galvanizes that moment uh, saying that it was not an accident of course the marine saying that it was done in self-defense via his attorneys. And we're going to give you an update on also his defense fund, because it is skyrocketing from people around the country who are chipping in to defend the Marine. What are your thoughts about that, everybody? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about the migrants placed in gyms. What are your thoughts? This is unbelievable. Let's go to Joe and Jericho. Joe, your thoughts.
6: Breathe my love. I'm going to give you rapid fire, brilliantly, and as usual, you will respond brilliantly. First of all, it took 18 months with an outreach program with our tariff taxation tax center to place this American Marine and this American Marine mongrel into an apartment that was $2,000 originally in a basement bunker.
1: Two. Wait, wait, wait. Joe, do me a favor. Hold on. We're going to go to a break. I will take you after the break so we can talk about migrants. And I think it's deplorable they replaced veterans in a hotel.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This hour, we're going to be playing a little bit of our conversation with Nikki Haley just a few hours ago, where she came to the defense of former Marine Daniel Penny, who did the chokehold on Jordan Neely on the New York City subway. Uh, Remember, Ron DeSantis made some comments, and now Nikki Haley has also chimed into that story that is getting attention around the world Uh, especially now that Daniel Penny, as we know, has been charged with manslaughter. We're going to talk about that and so much more and give you an update on his defense fund that is skyrocketing from people around the country coming to his defense. Meantime, where is Joe Biden on the border issue? I couldn't believe this. The other day, President Biden was asked, hey, what do you think about everything and what's going to happen with the border? And over the weekend, he's like riding his bike when he wasn't falling off of it. And President Biden made the comment, basically, well, it's not as bad as you thought it would be, right? And kind of laughed and going away. I got to go. I got to get ice cream. It is the craziest thing how just basically unconcerned he seems about our southern border and that he doesn't seem to think that it is a problem it is downright dangerous. As we were talking with a Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis, there are so many problems with our southern border. The lack of vetting is an enormous issue. And if you're going to have people come here, you got to screen them, you got to check them, you got to know who's coming into the country and you got to be able to figure out doing it in an orderly way that is not putting stress on Any communities and that you know that these are individuals who care about this country have no criminal history and we don't know any of that. This is downright dangerous and we're supposedly at a breaking point. I could have said that we were at a breaking point a long time ago. Texas has felt like it's at a breaking point the minute that Joe Biden took office and just a little bit ago we heard also from Governor Kathy Hochul. She describes it as as that we are soon basically hitting the tipping mark that we are at, quote, the breaking point of dealing with migrants, that we can't handle the overflow. And also today, Mayor Eric Adams said this on Fox 5. Take a listen to this exchange because they said, basically, what is Joe Biden doing? He's a, he's the Democratic leader. You're the Democratic mayor of probably the most important or one of the most important you know, cities in the world. What's going on? Listen to this exchange. Where the heck is the president of the United States?
11: Uh, that, that is a good question, and I think we all should be asking, uh, why is this happening to a city that was turning itself around and will continue to do so? Uh, this should not be happening to New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the other big northern cities. And really, it should not be happening to El Paso or Brownsville, Texas. No city should be carrying its this burden. It's this a national problem, and it needs a national solution.
1: Yeah, it needs a national solution. Uh, It's called basically plugging the border, not just saying, Mr. President, we need money. The president should be helping New York. But more importantly, I wish Democratic leaders were saying, you know what, Mr. President, this is not good for the homeland. We're going to stand up because this is not a safe and it's not sustainable for financial reasons. And here is Mayor Adams explaining why they are now starting to bus some migrants to other locations outside of New York City, saying that New York City can't handle it. So let's send it to Orange County. Let's send it to Rockland County. Let's send it elsewhere. Listen to what he says.
11: When you look at the other counties they are getting one quarter of one percent of what we have here in New York City. One quarter of one percent. Think about that for a moment. We are carrying this entire burden. This national problem is being laid in the lap of New Yorkers. And I've said this over and over again, and I need everyone to pay attention to what I've been saying for these last few months. This is an unsustainable crisis that's been forced on New Yorkers and is going to continue to grow if there's not a real response at our border and if there's not assistance of a decompression strategy here in New York State.
1: And response at the border means calling out the president. I'm happy to see that at least Mayor Eric Adams is speaking about it. He went down to the border. I give him a lot of credit. And he also said to the president, we need money. We need funding. He's definitely calling that. Apparently, there's an Axios report that the mayor has basically been removed from, like, the Biden campaign committee, uh, that he's not happy that Eric Adams is speaking out about it. But I wish also the mayor would even speak out more and basically say, you know what, Mr. President? Let's get some of these other Democratic mayors together. Let's all get together. Let's have a meeting at the White House and say, you know what? This is not safe for our country. Not only is it unsustainable, uh, the fact that cities are bearing the burden, but our country, it's unsustainable from a security standpoint. What about suggesting to him, fix the border? Don't send more people. We do not want more. We need to vet them carefully. We need to make sure we know what's going on. Keep the remain in Mexico. Mr. President, drop your ego. I know you didn't like Donald Trump and everything that was Trump you tried to reverse. But guess what? The remain in Mexico was working. It was a smart move. I wish we had heard that because now instead we're hearing that they may be going and some are already there in gyms at school. Take a listen.
11: And let's be clear on the plan with the school gyms. These are 20 self-standing gyms that currently is on our list of potential locations. We have not identified that this is going to happen. This is not every school gym in our city. These are self-standing gyms that are not inside the school buildings. And they're one of the areas that we are looking at. We're not there yet to state that this is going to be happening. Uh, We still look at the other 19 other gyms and state if we're going to move them there. But we have to create a list of locations because the flow has not Mm -hmm. stopped and it doesn't look like it's going to stop.
1: And already parents are protesting this move. Uh, In fact, asylum seekers heading to the gymnasium at PS 172 in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, Well, parents started protesting earlier today and said they do not want them. They were carrying signs and banners uh, saying to the mayor, protect our kids, find another solution. This is not the place to put migrants, particularly adult male migrants, next to school with young kids. This is not the place. And many people are saying enough is enough. The city, by the way, has already opened more than 150 emergency shelters and eight large-scale humanitarian relief centers to serve the more than 65,000 asylum seekers, illegal migrants that have come to New York City alone. That is a stunning number. And here is one of the parents, this is one of the moms, saying this is not the place to put them at schools
3: centers. They have maybe churches that have extra floors. I don't think that the school should have
2: been an option at all.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. What are your thoughts of where this is headed and what a disaster this is for our homeland? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go back to Joe in Jericho. But Joe, stay focused on the migrants, please.
6: All right. Focus on the migrants. First of all, Copernicus, Petorescu, the great Poles, including um, Rita Cosby and your dad. Anyway, here's the deal, my loves. Uh, the bottom line is this. I have the solution, and it's part of the solution that your boss, John, has had. The young men and the middle-aged men put them in Rikers Island. If they're criminals and they try to escape, that's why it's an island. The women and the children, the Archdiocese of New York, Goodwill Industries, the Freemason temples, Salvation Army reader are the, among the largest private landowners other than local, state, federal, New York, New, New York State, and, and the federal government. They own millions of acres in New, in New York State. I brought this up with Curtis Wheeler in the early days of Corona COVID. They could live the words of Christ in Matthew, but when I was hungry, he gave me to eat. And Dolan. Dolan, the archbishop, greets them when they arrive, the illegal aliens, but he doesn't spend one cent of the Vatican's trillions of dollars. Well, and listen, and listen,
1: listen, Joe, part of it is also a lot of these charities are trying to help the migrants. That's what a lot of these charities do. Um, But I agree with your idea of Rikers or somewhere. The issue is, and you know, the reality is, Joe, it ain't going to happen Because they seem to be treating these migrants, in some cases, much better than average citizens. And they would never want the appearance that they actually put them. Because some of the reason I think that they continue to accept them and the reason the border is wide open uh, from the Biden administration, it's all political. I mean, I, I really do. I think especially in the Biden's case, it has to be. It's intentional. They're bringing them in for political reasons. They're going to try to grant them citizenship. And then eventually they're hoping that they're going to vote Democratic. I mean, they can't be that stupid that they would allow all these people that are unvetted and unchecked. And so but for that reason, they're trying to curry favor, clearly. I mean, look, they kicked out veterans out of this Orange County, you know, hotel. Uh, They're putting them in kids gyms. Uh, So I don't think they would want the appearance of them being anywhere near a prison because that wouldn't look politically correct, even if that's the smart idea and the safe place. Um, Because guess what? These people are coming from across the border. They were coming from horrendous conditions. Um, John's idea was take the doors off so it's not like a jail cell or anything like that. Um, But at least then they have a location. It can be organized. They can be contained. Maybe you vet them there. Uh, Hopefully you vet them before they get into the country. But at least there could be some sort of screening and some control. Uh, But they wouldn't do it. I'm sure they would never do it in a million years because it doesn't work with their politically correct agenda. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line two. BJ, your thoughts. Well,
12: I think Governor Abbott should be a contender for the Medal of Presidential Medal of Freedom for protecting the union from this onslaught. And as far as Eric Adams is concerned... Well, this is what being the Biden of Brooklyn looks like, sir. You know, when you turn around and run around and saying that uh, this is a country uh, of immigrants, and you say you're going to take in everybody and promise the moon to everybody, and then you can't deliver. Well, I can't, we can't help you, sir. You've, you've destroyed our city. You've destroyed our schools. You've put all of us at risk now. Look at all these poor people. They had no clue this was coming. And then all of a sudden they, show, they go to a school to bring their kids to school, and, and they have migrants in the gymnasium. People that we don't know where they came from, what their story is.
1: Adult males. Uh, when, I mean, I hate to say that, BJ. As soon as yeah. I heard adult males by schools where pre-K and elementary. I mean, this, that to me is a formula for, you know, serious stuff.
12: This isn't about children. We could take in all the starving children from Mexico. This, isn't a, this is about... Uh, invaders from 129 countries that all of these liberal politicians thought that they could make political hay with, and he was shooting for the White House. That's why he was running around saying he was the Biden of Brooklyn, and I'll take in all the immigrants, and I'll be the the social justice warrior hero of the century, and now it's boomeranged on him, and he's got nothing but egg on his face as far as that goes. But uh, and all of these liberals, like you had on a, a couple of calls ago, you had this guy turn around saying, oh, Abbott should stop. Abbott should keep doing what he's doing. You're the guys that voted in all these liberal politicians down the ticket.
1: Right. The yeah. yeah. To- How did you like that guy who called up, BJ, who was like, uh, Abbott should just keep them all in Texas. And why is he yeah. sending them somewhere else? First off, by the way, I debunked it because a lot of them want to come for the reason you just said that New York is so appealing you know, that, oh, they hear free this for that. They come to the free places. So a lot of them are drawn to that. Um, but why should Texas have to bear the full burden? I mean, it is it is insane. And you know what's also insane? Abbott has tried to call Biden a number of times. Biden won't even return his call. You have the governor of Texas saying, we're being overrun. We need help. Finally, Abbott, by the way, I'm sure you saw the images, BJ, in the last, it's like, you know, 24, uh, 72 hours or so. They finally put up razor wire because they realized they just and they brought in the Texas National Guard because they finally said Joe Biden ain't going to do anything. Uh, We have to do something. And it's actually working in those areas, BJ. So if only Biden would just put a little bit of razor wire, maybe things could be different. Real quick, I'll give you a couple seconds to respond. Everyone
12: should come in. Uh, everyone should not be a. Uh, uh, everyone except uh, we should let let my my Polish uh, girlfriend in, right? Uh, but everyone else should should stay out of New York. I mean, give me a break. And as far as Abbott's concerned, he didn't let uh, Biden didn't let him uh, build the, finish building the wall. That those slats down there rusted until they figured out it was costing more for them to leave the wall rot. Then then to, to, to stop putting it up. So they he, he begrudgingly let him start to put it back up again. So but all of these blue states, this is becoming what the country is looking at. All of these blue states and blue cities, people are leaving. They're saying no. And I don't blame Abbott one bit. Like I said, he should be a contender for the Medal of Freedom. He built that state up from uh, uh, w- w- with true grit, and that guy uh, has a good story to tell, unlike the blue states and blue cities around the country, where people are at each other's throats, there's, there's overcrowding, there's overpopulation, there's crazy CRT in the schools, there's crazy riots in the streets in the summer of 2020, and on and on and on. You and I don't have a radio program long enough to talk about it, my dear. Yeah, no, but 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 you're
1: right. You're right. People are leaving in droves. And now suddenly you're saying, hey, guess what? Uh, We're going to give migrants XXX. And and now New York City, by the way, and I brought this up, BJ, $5 million a day at minimum. It's costing. Uh, The numbers are going up and up and up. And they're talking about cutting city services for residents, not for the migrants. And you wonder why people are fleeing New York with skyrocketing crime and everything else. We'll continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: When we come back after the break, uh, we're going to be playing a little bit of the interview that we did with presidential candidate Nikki Haley. She, of course, was the governor of South Carolina, also the former ambassador to the U.N. under President Trump. And she spoke out to us about the Daniel Penny case. That's the former Marine who put the homeless man in the chokehold on a New York City subway. Find out what she told us as she and a number of other high-profile folks are now coming to the defense of Daniel Penny, saying that he deserves an award, uh, not deserves charges of manslaughter. What are your thoughts about that, and where do you see this case going? one 800 848 one 800 Meantime, we are talking about the fact that now these illegal migrants that are coming to cities all over the country, including New York City, well, they're getting placed in schools with pre-K elementary students next door because they're being put in the gyms. And basically, the New York City mayor and others are saying there's no more room at the inn, but they'll keep using taxpayer dollars to cover housing, food, health care, education, and a whole bunch more. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line 7. Mike, your thoughts.
13: How are you, Rita? First of all, we've got to get after the Cardinal because uh, Catholic Charities been getting money from George Soros for the past 35 years. That's the money that Biden is given to the illegals to buy whatever they want. Number two, the Chinese are using Biden to take over our seaports And George Soros got everybody so scared that they're running from New York. When New York goes down, your country's going to go down. So stop running. You know, this this is all planned, man.
1: You know what? And you're right. They are doing everything possible to drive people out of New York and other states. And then to hear that migrants are getting a little better treatment. People are shaking their heads, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Let's go to Stu. Line two. Stu, your thoughts.
8: Oh, good evening, Rita. Rita, in your career, I'm sure you've been on a, a fleet carrier. You know that they're yep. floating cities. Well, the Navy has two beautiful nukes waiting for someone to take them off the hands. Of course, they're going to be scrapped. The Nimitz and the enterprise. Each one can accommodate easily 6,000 people. They have everything you need, including the ability to to
1: them anywhere. That's an interesting point. Put the migrants on those sort of floating cities. Great idea.
0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support
1: Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment where we honor our great military, and their families. A powerful story coming from a beautiful place I've been many times, Bar Harbor, Maine, and where they honored a 97-year-old World War II veteran with a Lifetime Achievement Award. It was a big surprise for World War II veteran Daniel O'Neill. There was a full house in attendance when he received the Remember Me Lifetime Achievement Award, And he got it this week at a place called Birch Bay Village in Bar Harbor, Maine. Uh, He was totally, totally surprised and say, why me? What did I do? Well, he had a very fascinating life. First off, born and raised in Edgewater, New Jersey. O'Neill was destined for, first of all, the major leagues in baseball. He was an impressive left-handed pitcher. And he was in negotiations with the New York Giants until more players from the roster were being drafted. Uh, O'Neill volunteered to sign up for the draft, Um, and by the way, he even played alongside some of the greats like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, and then he became a coordinator and also joined the service, and he was selected to be part of the 44th Infantry Division, in which defended basically the last German offensive campaign of the war in the Battle of the Bulge. People who know him said that he loves to talk about World War II, the experiences he had, the men he fought alongside, and he also loves to talk about baseball. What a really interesting guy, who, of course, very talented in baseball, and what a great man who gave back to this country and to help for fr- for freedom of the world. Uh, a beautiful story, and how wonderful, at the age of 97, he was honored just a few days ago with this Lifetime Achievement Award in beautiful Bar Harbor, Maine. And we love doing Support Our Heroes segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great military and their families who have done so much for this great country. Well, you know, we have spoken out about the Marine, Daniel Penny. He, of course, was the guy who was on the F train, the subway in New York, Uh, When Jordan Neely got on and was threatening other passengers, saying also that he wanted to die, he started throwing garbage, he was shouting at them, and Daniel Neely took him down with a chokehold. Other passengers were holding him down, and now we know, of course, that Daniel Penny was charged with manslaughter. And there were people who were saying that, you know, he should be charged with murder. There were many people who said he shouldn't be charged with anything. He was just trying to protect the other passengers On the train. And the attorneys for Jordan Neely said he had no intention to do anything other than to stop this guy because he was worried what he was going to do to the other passengers and also to him. And he felt that he had the ability to do something. He was worried there were no police anywhere. They were locked in the subway car, nowhere to go. And he was trying to contain the guy. And by the way, the guy had 42 prior arrests, so there was a track record there. And now a lot of people are coming to the Marines' defense. What do you think of the fact that he's been charged, and what do you think is going to happen to the case? Here is, first off, Marine veteran Chad Robashai who is part of the group that goes in and gets those allies and also Americans who've been left behind. His group is an unbelievable group the support our allies group. And this is what Chad Robichai had to say about Daniel Penny. Take a listen.
7: He stood up and did something. He protected people that he didn't believe could protect themselves. Uh, So often now we see incidents like this where people, men, stand around and video incidents like this with a cell phone and don't act. And we wonder, why Why is it someone stepping up? He did exactly what he should have did. He stepped up to defend people in that car, black, brown,
1: uh, white. It didn't matter. He, he did the right thing. And also Marine veteran Victor Marks also came to Penny's defense. Take a listen about this.
11: I've actually been in the exact same situation that uh, Danny was in. And it requires awareness, assessment, and then you know, do you avoid it or take action in order to protect people? And I think the, both the technique and the restraint that he used, which is called the, you know, it's a vascular restraint technique, it's not a choke, is the most reasonable use of force versus punching, kicking, slamming to stop what we would consider an active, um, someone who's being aggravated active aggression.
1: And earlier today, John Katsimatidis and I on Katz & Cosby, which I host at 5 o'clock on WABC Radio, you can hear it there, or also wabcradio.com. Well, we spoke with presidential candidate Nikki Haley and listened to the conversation that John and I had with the presidential candidate. I asked her about this case that's making headlines across the country. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis voiced support for the Marine, Daniel Penny. Um, He said, uh, we stand with good Samaritans uh, like Daniel Penny. Let's show this Marine America's got his back. What's your message for the Marine?
4: You know, I'm the wife of a combat veteran, and military members, they are trained to defend and protect. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to defend the people that were on there that were being harassed by this person and that was having you know, challenges. He was trying to protect them. And now he's being prosecuted. Alvin Bragg needs to look at all the murders and the street crime that's happening in New York City and deal with that. Instead, he's going after a serviceman that was trying to do a good deed. I actually don't think we need to just get behind um, Penny. I think we need to tell the governor she needs to pardon him. We need to pardon him because what he was doing was trying to protect other Americans. She
5: went opposite. She encouraged the indictment. She encouraged uh, uh, to, to do what Bragg did. And, and Bragg, I understand, uh, I hate to go local with you because it's local politics. And, and Bragg was afraid that the grand jury was not going to indict him. So that uh, that way he brought him up on charges himself.
4: I mean, what Bragg is doing, he's allowing criminals to run free on the street. And he's going after citizens who are trying to protect themselves and protect people around them. It's the total opposite. And if New York City keeps up like this, they're going to turn into Chicago and see everybody leave and see everybody go to places where they can protect themselves, where they do feel safe. It's an injustice. And I think that she needs to pardon him. She needs to focus on the street crime. Bragg needs to start doing his job and stop political and I think everybody sees this for what it is.
1: Nikki Haley telling us just a few hours ago on Cats and Cosby that the governor should pardon the Marine. Of course, he hasn't been convicted, uh, and this case will go to the grand jury, but right now, Bragg has officially charged him with manslaughter. So what do you make? First off, I don't see Governor Kathy Hochul doing that. Uh, she is a Democrat, and so far... She's taken the side of Jordan Neely in this. And, in fact, right away she took the side of Jordan Neely, saying he was basically killed for being a passenger on the train. Uh, She didn't really say anything about the Marine. She basically made it sound like it just kind of came out of the blue and somehow this Marine just killed Jordan Neely. Not talking about the track record of Jordan Neely, not talking about the fact that there are so many of these mentally ill, very disturbed people that are on New York City subways, all the time, that are harassing passengers and threatening passengers and that are attacking and often trying to kill passengers. So there's a lot of stuff here. Your thoughts, everybody. one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, your thoughts.
7: Always great show, Rita. Interesting. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, and good for Nikki Haley for saying what she did. And you know what? I don't like revisionist history to take a statues down. Let me put a statue up in New York of the hero Marine and go fund me. I'll kick in some money. And maybe Rush the communist can kick in some money too up there. And, you know, he's a really loony Kazuni. And, and some of the others kick in money for the Marine. Enough is enough, you know, because, uh, and Sharpton, hey Sharpton, yeah, give a good eulogy, okay? And you, you just, you know, fire up the crowd with all your sick disciples, okay?
1: You know, it will be interesting to see what does he say. You know, to your point, he's going to be doing the eulogy on Friday. And I hope he doesn't do the same kind of rhetoric that the governor did. The governor, you know, right away basically made it sound like, you know, for no reason, Daniel Penny went after Jordan Neely. Um, And, you know, and I feel bad for Jordan Neely. I think the system needed to do more to help him. and, And obviously, he's a very troubled man. But when I hear the defense attorneys for Jordan Neely saying that, basically blaming the passengers on the train, like, you guys should have gone over to him and asked him how he's doing. How is he, you know, as if, as if that's what they're thinking at that moment, first off, um, and as if it's the passengers' responsibility to help Jordan Neely. You know, I mean, I mean we all would like to help everybody. And, and certainly if there had been something to do. But at that moment, they're thinking they're going to die. You know, and they're thinking, thank God there's this Marine, because clearly what they told the police was what also Daniel Penny told the police, because he went in right away, voluntarily went into the police station. He told them what happened. And the passengers also sounds like they corroborated what he what he said, because they decided not to charge him. So you have to believe that right away they went in and said, yeah, this guy protected us. He was trying to help us. And that's why the police didn't charge him. If the police thought he just viciously attacked the guy out of the blue, they would have charged him. Like, you know that you're a former, you're a former cop, right?
7: Uh, well, uh, I have a lot of friends who are former police. I did 25 years with the MTA, Rita. I take it as a compliment to what you said, because I always praise the police. But I did 25 years with the MTA. All right. So and, even uh, better.
1: So even better with the MTA. Yeah. You tell me how many of these kind of people are on the train every single day that you hear about.
7: They take their life in their hands and they're pointing fingers, like you said, at the commuters, you know, and the passengers and this and that. Oh, hey, you know what, Uh, Sharpton, you you are a disgrace. And you think, you know, you've got all the answers. You've got tax exempt status and all the other followers that you have. You know, you think we got the greatest country in the world. We're the most violent amongst each other. And it's getting worse. It's going to be like another, you know, uh, uh, another George Floyd. He was a career felon. And they don't talk about his record, the poor guy that got, the, the mentally disturbed guy. I felt bad for him, too. Hey, man, but you know what? I tell people down here, they're talking about whatever. I said, this guy should be praised, the Marine. Because everyone was watching. He was the only one that stood up. And, you know, uh, I hope he's uh, exonerated.
1: Yeah, because- and we'll see. And and by the way, he's going to need a lot, of, uh, a lot of help. He does have some good attorneys. And the latest is, by the way, also, Mike, on his uh, defense fund, He's got this Give, Send, Go, where the public's sending in. It's now over $2,500,000 has come in to his Give, Send, Go defense fund. And it's mostly from small donors. It's people around the country who are sending in amounts. um, You know, uh, tens of thousands of people actually putting in donations. uh, $20, here's $50, here's $100. That says a lot when it's just, you know, average citizens around the country. Uh, Wow, wow, wow. Mike, thank you very much. Let's go to Russ. uh, Line two. Russ, your thoughts.
13: Hey, Nikki Haley, witless, just like Mike. In twenty-five years, did he ever lift a hand to help anyone on the subway? He just picked up litter on the tracks. But about Nikki Haley— wait, Wait,
1: wait, 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 Russ. Before you go forward— Wait, hang on. Before you continue disparaging people, Mike— was on the MTA that's that is hard work and you don't know if he was like picking up trash it sounds to me uh like he was trying to do the best he can to protect people has a lot of friends also in law enforcement so I I dispute that and Nikki Haley for calling her witless uh she's a former ambassador former governor um obviously I think Russ uh you know Nikki Haley and Mike are uh, are esteemed citizens and so go ahead anyway Russ now that you've disparaged everybody but go ahead
13: Not everybody. I go way back with Mike many years. He's said what he did. But you know what? Who hasn't come out and uh, criticized uh, Jordan Neely? The real New Yorker, Trump. He doesn't come out and say anything. He keeps his mouth shut. And as a commie for Trump, which is a very exclusive club, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you think that no one on that train was more afraid of that attacking Marine? Than, than of Jordan Neely, who's obviously been subdued. I mean, there was only two minutes between 2nd Avenue and Broadway Lafayette. They went one stop. How much can you do in two minutes before you getting strangled to death?
1: By the way, you can do quite a lot, which is yep. why it sounds like if you believe Daniel Penny's story and you believe the other passengers, so far I haven't heard any passengers say, I was scared of the Marine. The well, only thing the you know only it? thing we've seen, Russ, is the opposite. You weren't on the train. I wasn't on the train. So we're taking their word for it. And they didn't know Daniel Penny. And so far we've heard nothing but those people praising them on the train, saying, Thank goodness there was a Daniel Penny. And there's a lot and, and Russ, I mean, it's it's a scary place on the New York City subway. And if you see somebody, you two minutes is a long time that somebody could attack somebody. It's a long time. And and if somebody, and I'm talking about on the Jordan Neely end, it takes five seconds for suddenly somebody who's screaming, saying, I'm ready to die, to take out a knife or do something really serious to somebody. You know, okay. I mean, it, and you know that. Come on. I mean, you, you understand that, right?
13: Right. I understand that. And those two guys who are holding down Neely, they're now prosecution witnesses. You can be guaranteed of that. That's why their names aren't being run. But do you think there's a perverse incentive to drag this case out by, to run up the meter by these lawyers who are getting all this money, and any leftover money is going to go to Neely Estate, his father. I mean, I hope, I hope Mike keeps sending all his money in. Because when you're sending money to these lawyers, you're just going to drag it out. And to drag this out is to hate this country. And the people who say he's a hero, they would never step in. I've stepped in many times. This guy was no hero. He attacked him from the rear. And if he's so afraid of the subways, he shouldn't ride on him. Oh, my
1: God, Russ. Wow. You, you just are unloading. No wonder you hung up, because we all would have screamed at you. What a chicken. 1-800-848-9222. I'm going to vent about everybody. I'm going to call everybody blank, blank, blank. They're no heroes. Uh, but, boy, I'm a hero. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls from more common sense people after the break.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. <laughs>
1: So Big Bad Russ taking it out on everybody, and yet he claims that he really would have taken him down. We are talking about the homeless guy who was threatening people on the subway, and Daniel Neely, now the defense for the Marine who's been charged with manslaughter in the homeless man's death, uh, making more than $2 million, but he's going to need a lot of it for defense money. And guess what? Uh, they have said also if there's any extra uh, that they would put it towards helping to uh, fight mental illness and support those with mental illness in New York. So it is going to a good mission. Um, and he's going to need a lot because not only is he fighting these criminal charges, you can bet there are going to be so many civil cases uh, coming, at least from the estate of Jordan Neely and other people. Um, and Russ brought up an interesting point about the two guys who who were also holding down Jordan Neely. We haven't heard anything um, about what they're doing. Russ thinks maybe they're part of the prosecution. Uh, I'm not so sure of that. But it is interesting that so far we haven't heard about any charges against them uh, because they were holding him down when the Marine had him in the chokehold because he was flailing. And I'm curious about the autopsy, too. We still haven't heard anything on that. The toxicology, sometimes it takes a few weeks, but what was in his system? Was there medication? Was there uh, some sort of illegal drug? Uh, Let's find out. We should know all the details, especially if you're going to accuse somebody of manslaughter for trying to defend people on the subway train. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy real quick. Line 8. Jimmy, your thoughts.
8: For people who don't ride the subways in New York, people out of town, sometimes at night, especially at night, when you're sitting in a subway car, it's like sitting in the emergency room at a psych ward. You could have five or six people there yelling separately, and sometimes they're in groups. This, guy's a, this guy, Marine, is a hero. Now, I don't know why Ru- crazy Russ was such so angry about all this. But for you people listening, there's people like Russ, the guy you just heard screaming. There's people like him in the Congress, the Senate. They're in the media. They teach at our schools and university. So we can't just laugh off or worry about this guy, Russ. There's a lot of people like him out there influencing people in a lot of ways. You're right.
1: Jimmy, Jimmy, you are 1,000 percent correct. And you're right. It is like a psych ward. And that's sad. We got to clean it up. We got to get those people off the streets, get them help, but also get them away so they can't do danger to other people. And you're right. There's a lot of those Russes out there. Why it's important to hear from everybody, whether we agree with them or not. Um, Sometimes I feel like I need to be in a psych ward after calls from him. But that's a whole other story. Um, Jimmy, thank you very much. Let's go to Jeff. Line six. Jeff, your thoughts.
14: Hello, Rita. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out because you don't get enough credit, I don't think, still in this time. That's to uh, Ray Kelly, uh, who was a U.S. Marine and the best c- uh, police commissioner in the history of the country. Yes, he, that, he
1: that, was that, great. I love Ray. I love Ray. Remember absolutely. Maybe,
14: uh, Rita, go, go back to that time for just a second quickly. And re- and remember, we had had troubles too during the 70s, maybe yep. 80s or something. But if you saw Ray Kelly at the podium, did you not have a feeling of confidence and everything was going to be all right?
1: Yes. Although I will say I will say the new the commissioner, Keyshawn Sewell, the woman. um, Uh, Okay. she's no, she's Uh, she's uh, she's she's pretty. I think she's pretty good. I
14: mean, I, too, though, was a Marine and and I was drafted during the Vietnam War. Oh, well, thank you. Carolina to Paris Island boot camp and returned to the streets of New York also. So what do you think of
1: what the Marine did?
14: The Marine's a hero,
1: period. Uh, Rita, as you said
14: yourself, you've been on the subway. I've been on the subway. We all been on the subway when somebody was carrying on. We all hoped that that something wasn't going to come our way, but I, I never ran away. I was going to stick around and make sure, you know, somebody didn't get hurt. And sometimes what what, what would happen at least if one person stood in there and wasn't wanting, you might get another person to say, okay, there's strength in numbers. Maybe another person's going to stand by. All of a sudden, we have maybe three per- three people standing around there. This happened to me more than once. Sometimes I got my face cut. It was okay. I didn't die. Uh. Um, but you know what? But I could, I could live with myself, uh, Rita. I could live with myself. I did the right thing always. And so did this guy, Penny. He's an absolute... Hello,
1: Bravo, Jeff. And thank you, by the way, also so much for your service too, um, to this country. Jeff, great to hear from you. You got to call back again. You're terrific. Let's go to Steve, line three. Steve, your
9: thoughts. Hey, Rita, thanks for taking the call. Rita, I'm going to try to be as objective and fair and give you my point of view as to how I think this should have gone down. Uh, first of all, you're talking to a guy that has a handicapped daughter. So as a result, you feel bad for Jordan Neely because he was born however he was, and he has this problem. But the thing that irritates me now, the family is going to try to jump in and hit the lottery and be the benefactor of this incident because, well, if you really cared from that much, that you're suing on his behalf, where were you – Like I said, I had a handicapped daughter. My whole life, we always took care of her. She was never violent, but if she was, I would have kept her away from out of harm's way herself and the people in the street. They let them circulate and do whatever the hell they want. And by the way, did you ever see these things go bad? Like, do they push people on platforms or platforms into oncoming trains and kill them? Yes, happens all day long. But now they want to make this a racial incident, which really irritates me.
1: And by the way, Steve, you're right, because a lot. the attorney for Daniel Penny said the race had nothing to do with it. Um, and you just brought up a point. If somebody has an issue, they need love. They need family support. They don't need to be in front of others.
10: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast
8: Network.